Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to IASA's Additional Coverage Podcast, episode number 27. I'm your host, Tim Hicks. And joining me for today's additional coverage, I'm pleased to welcome today's guest, Princess Callum. Hello, Princess. How are you today? I am doing great, Tim. How about yourself? Oh, I'm well, thanks. Princess has a PhD with emphasis in human resource development, and she is a senior vice president at Forvis Leadership Institute. Today, we're going to talk about active listening skills and how to listen to understand. But first, I would like to recognize and express my deep appreciation for the support that we receive from IASA's member companies and volunteers. IASA is the voice of the insurance industry. If your company is not already a member, I really encourage you to consider all the benefits that come with membership in IASA. Our annual conference, IASA Exchange, begins on June 4th in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we invite you to come and explore all of this year's unique educational offerings. Find out more at IASA.org. Well, Princess, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today because, you know, the reality is that we often struggle with tasks and roles that directly relate to active listening. So, for example, being able to accept constructive criticism be able to deal with people's feelings, or even the empathetic skill of trying to understand what others think and feel, those all require some really effective listening skills, not just listening to respond, but listening to understand. So please, would you talk to us for a few minutes about having and practicing effective listening? I appreciate that, Tim, because you are exactly right. In order to practice effective listening, it's not just making sure that you've said something. In order to actually have communication, it's two-way communication. So you have to say it, and they have to hear what you intend for them to actually hear and get out of it and act on it, right? And the best way to do that is to make sure that you are listening for either facts, feelings, or values. The Center for Creative Leadership created a LACE model, listening to understand model, that really focuses on how different people listen. And we all have listening filters that, just like a regular filter, they keep out information that we are not willingly wanting to take in, right? We all have our preferences for how we want to listen. And so as we're talking to others, we really should take into consideration how we talk. Do we talk from the standpoint of preferencing facts? preferencing feelings or have a preference for values. And then the person that we're talking to, what do they have a preference for? Again, if I'm talking from a facts standpoint, which is my preference, my husband, for example, has a preference for feelings. I keep repeating to him the same thing over and over from my perspective of facts. He doesn't hear it because he's listening for the feelings. And so when I keep saying it over and over, in essence, it's like when someone has a uh, a hearing disability, and someone just keeps getting louder and louder, right? That doesn't help to solve the situation. You have to tailor what you're saying to those listening filters of the person that you're speaking with. Gotcha. And speaking of that, how can I understand specifically what to do or maybe to avoid doing in order to be a better listener and really comprehend the, the headspace of the person I'm speaking with? That's a great question, Tim. Really, it takes getting out of your own head. All of us are always concerned with what we're doing, what we're saying, making sure that we show up the way that we want to. So even when someone's talking to us, we're already formulating what we want our response to be. 
So we miss a lot of the things that they're actually saying. And we're definitely not picking up on those things like feelings and values. We're only looking for those words that either help us to have a jump off, to be able to say what it is we want to say, or that actually confirm something that we want or that we believe. And so the first thing is just getting out of your own head, really listening to what that person has to say. And so maybe meditation might be something you might want to practice because that will help you to really focus in on being present. When you're present, you have more of an ability to be able to actually listen to what someone else is saying and not allowing those thoughts to come into your head. I recently read a great book, and it talked about how you are the thinker, not your thoughts, right? So you have to be able to discern the thoughts that are coming in your head and filter out those that you don't need. When you listen to someone else, you're filtering out all those thoughts, and you're only listening to what that person is saying. Gotcha. I love that. And I heard something recently, too, that you are not the clouds, you are the sky. And the clouds are just the things that you're dealing with. It kind of goes along with what you're saying. But, you know, misunderstandings happen all the time. And they can really, unfortunately, derail conversations and feed mistrust between the two or, or however many people. Can you give us some skills surrounding how to avoid misunderstandings and actually build trust? I love that question as well. You have some great questions, Tim. The way to really help with avoiding miscommunication, and let me first preface that you're not going to be able to avoid all miscommunication, right? Even if you do what the Center for Creative Leadership says and you really practice listening for facts, feelings, and values, there's still going to be times when we just don't hear each other. There are barriers to communication that happen if you're communicating across cultural differences, if you're communicating across technology. There are always things that somehow will interfere with our ability to be able to hear. So I would say that a couple of things is just making sure that you, we assume good intention, right? If we assume good intention, then we're more likely to give that person the benefit of the doubt. The other thing to do is ask questions. Right. A lot of times we'll hear things and instead of just asking a question for clarification, we again, we make the assumption that we've heard X, Y and Z and then we start acting upon what we've heard. So I encourage people to step yourself back down, ask those questions, gather more data which will then allow you then to act accordingly. You may take on the same actions, you may not, but asking questions is another good way to clarify what you've heard and make sure that you're acting upon what that person had intended. I'd say another thing is, you know, we are all of us are on technology so much, right? We're on Zoom calls all the time. <laughs> I see you responding yeah. to that one. Uh -huh. All the time. And so one of the things just to help you, you not have fatigue when you're on Zoom calls all the time is self-care. And that may sound very simple, but really, if you are online hour after hour, you should definitely be giving yourself a five, at least a five minute break every hour to stand up, walk around, stretch, look away from the computer. Even when you're talking to someone on the computer, it's natural to look away from the computer. When we're talking to someone naturally, if I was sitting here next to you, I wouldn't stare you in the face for, for an hour, right? Why do we do that on Zoom? So I would say if you are on technology, there's also things you need to do around self-care and around just making sure that you are taking care of yourself. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're tired, if you're fatigued, that's another reason why there's miscommunication. You're absolutely right. And I, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, what am I doing? I'm staring straight at you. But, you know, at the same time, I'm, I am the kind of listener that rather than facts, I'm a little bit more like your husband in that I'm trying to read your expression, read your eyes and see what you're trying to communicate with me. But unfortunately, sometimes you do get misunderstandings and those can turn into conflicts. 
whether you mean for them to or not. Now, not all conflicts are bad because sometimes they get topics out there that really need to be discussed. But what do you suggest with regards to dealing with and handling conflicts? Say two things. You're spot on when you say conflict is not necessarily bad. Conflict in itself is not bad at all. It's how we manage the conflict, right? It's our reaction to the conflict. Conflict actually brings about the best solution when you are listening to the other person and taking into consideration what they say. You get that diversity of thought, right? I feel one way, you feel another way. If we bring the best of both of those two solutions, that's when we actually can get progress, we can get innovation, all of those things happen. So having a difference of opinion is actually great. The problem is if we don't respect those differences of opinions. A lot of times when we're coming up against someone's values, when we're coming up against their, their morals and their beliefs, is a lot of times when we'll, get, we'll hit those walls and we won't be able to get past what someone is saying to us because it's just not something we can accept. One way that you can really get beyond differences is empathy. And empathy is not that I can say, Tim, I can walk in your shoes and I understand where you're coming from. I don't. I can, even if I had the same exact experience, I don't know what you experienced during that time. What I can do is I can tap into something that's happened to me and how I felt and how I would have wanted someone to respond to me. And then I can in kind return that to you. So empathy is one of the best things that you can do in order to avoid mistrust and I'll give you one more thing. I also read this in another book, and I apologize for not knowing the names, but I read a lot of books, and so sometimes I can't recall where I got this from. But I also read a book that said, do not put intentions behind a mistake. So when someone makes a, a mistake, don't have uh, the thought that they intended to do that. Right? People don't wake up in the morning and say, hmm, I think I'm going to talk to Tim today and say X, Y, and Z. And, and piss them off, right? That is not what people wake up trying to do. But mistakes, missteps, miscommunication happen. Don't attach intention to that. Give people the benefit of the doubt. You are so right. And unfortunately, we're in a society right now where that is more and more the case where we do expect to be attacked. And that is the wrong intention. It's the wrong way to go about a conversation. It's like you said before, you got to assume that they have the best of intentions. And if it turns out to be otherwise, then you can deal with it. But yeah, that's, unfortunately, it's a, it's a choice you have to make that I'm going to actively engage in this conversation. I'm not gonna assume that you're going to attack me. And I'm going to try to reach the goal, whatever the goal of our conversation is, then that's what I'm gonna work towards. And Tim, that's common ground a lot of, in a lot of cases, right? Because when we have differences, if we start from our differences, where are we going to go? There's no place for us to go, right? We have to start with where there's common ground. And as human beings, we all have certain things that we're all going to want to desire. Safety is one of them, right? Safety, the ability to take care of our loved ones, right? The ability to, to have the best life possible. As human beings, we all want those things. And so that's a good place to start when you're communicating with someone, not starting at your differences, because if you do, there's nowhere to go. If you start with the common ground of things that you have in common, you can build trust. And then when you have that trust, then you might be able to venture out to those areas where you have differences. Well said, Princess. Well said. Well, folks, that's about all the time that we have for today's podcast. Now, Princess is going to be speaking at the IASA Exchange Conference, so please uh, show up and be there and be present for that conversation. <laughs> Princess, in the meantime, if our listeners want to reach out to you, what's the best way that they can contact you? 
Thank you for that. You can reach out to me at princess, that's P-R-I-N-C-E-S-S, at ceoofyou.com. I also have a website that's www.ceoofyou.com. Check me out. ceoofyou.com. Yes. Got it. .com. And if you have any comments or questions about the show or any show suggestions, I always welcome those. You can always email me at tim.hicks at fisglobal.com. Now, in our next episode, I'm going to sit down with Jim Baird from Plant Moran to get a mid-year update on economic and market perspectives. You're going to want to hear that one. So until then, I'm Tim Hicks with today's guest, Princess Callum. I really appreciate you sharing your time and expertise with us. Take care and be well, Princess. Thank you, you too. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a huge favor and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss a new episode when it comes out. If you have some coworkers who also need to know about this podcast, let them know about the show and how to find it so they can follow along also. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.